In the death of Lazarus, we see a glimpse of Easter morning. The Gospel writer John gives us a sneak peek of what is yet to come. In fact, Jesus has been foreshadowing his death and resurrection throughout his whole ministry. But this was something the people actually witnessed. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. And even everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. As Lazarus walked out of that tomb alive, he became the physical, breathing, flesh and bone proof that death would have no hold on those who followed Jesus. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, wash over us your spirit. Let us experience you anew. Touch our minds and hearts that we might know you fully. Convict us that we might be your resurrection people, your Easter people throughout each and every day of our lives. Good and gracious God, I ask that you touch my mind, my lips, my tongue, my mouth, that I might proclaim your good news, but gracious God, I ask that you touch my heart especially, the meditations of my heart, that they might be worthy of the words that I speak and proclaim for you. May your words be my words. Speak for me today. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it looks nice outside, doesn't it? Nature may be getting ready to play the greatest April Fool's joke on us we've ever seen come 6 o'clock or so this evening. April Fool's Day uh, might, uh, it looks like spring, it smells like spring, it, it's a glorious day and I do give God glory that we've had this Easter morning. Um, but weather uh, promises to be different this evening and so I'm so glad that you made it to worship today. Someone has put together what they've called the world's worst questions. Maybe you recognize a few of these or even said them. Will you promise not to get mad at me if I ask you something? <laughs> or you don't remember me, do you? Or does this make me look fat? <laughs> you asleep? <laughs> and are you kidding me? It's funny that Easter falls on April Fool's Day. Pastors all over the world have been thinking of the irony of that. You see, the disciples thought that the Romans were trying to play some cruel joke on them. The tomb is empty? Are you kidding me? What a horrible reaction. They had forgotten everything Jesus had taught them. But little did they know that the Romans had done everything in their power to make sure that the body stayed in that tomb. Guards in front of the gravesite, a huge stone rolled in front of the grave and then sealed. The last thing the Romans or the Jewish leaders wanted was for Jesus to make good on his promises. Well, the joke was on all of them because Jesus did just exactly what he promised to do. Amen? 
I'm going to read to you the, the gospel story, the Easter story from the Gospel of John, beginning with chapter 20, verse 1. Early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciples left to go. They were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive to the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloth lying there. He also saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It wasn't with the others, but was folded up in its own place. Mary stood outside near the tomb, crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels, dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, don't hold on to me for I haven't yet gone up to my father Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going up to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. Then she told them what he said to her. In every sense of the word, Mary was one of the disciples. She had followed Jesus throughout his ministry from the time that he had brought her new life. Tradition says that Mary Magdalene had had a colorful past. One might even say a scarlet past. That was until she met Jesus. The other Gospels give us a glimpse of what her past was. She was a single woman. We know that from her name. You see, women in the time of Jesus were identified by their family or their husband. So if she was a wife, she would have been Mary, wife of... If she'd had children and been a mother, she would have been Mary, mother of, but she wasn't. She was Mary Magdalene, Mary of Magdala. This is the place in which she lived and more than likely did business. The writer of Luke tells us that she had had seven demons within her. We wonder, what's that about? Well, in first century, a demon could have been anything from a mental or physical illness to an addiction. Yet whatever was going on with Mary, it was taken away at the moment that Jesus brings new life to her, brings light out of her darkness. You see, Jesus changed everything. 
He changed everything for her. Life as she knew it before was no longer. Life was now filled with grace and hope and love. And from that time forward, she followed Jesus just as the 12 named disciples did. She went from place to place and watched him heal the sick, the blind, and the lame. And with every step, she watched him bring others out of their darkness just as he had done for her. Mary's love for Jesus was born out of thanksgiving. She was grateful. He changed her despair into hope. He had turned her sorrow into joy. Her life was different because of Jesus Christ. And it's no wonder she followed him even to the cross. She stood at a distance through every agonizing moment of his crucifixion. You see in the Gospel of Mark it says, And there who stood at a distance were a group of women who had followed and served him. She'd watch the nails go into his flesh and bone. She'd watch the Roman soldiers beat him and mock him. And she stood there. And she waited until she heard the words, it is finished. And she witnessed Jesus take in his last breath. She even followed him to the garden where a new tomb was waiting. And she watched Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus hastily prepare his body for burial and wrap him in cloths of linen and place him in a new tomb. She watched that stone roll in front of it. I'm sure she thought she would never see Jesus again. The teachings, the promises, the moments in which she'd witnessed new life over and over and over again were far from her memory. You see, the darkness had clouded her once again. Her grief was so much that all she could experience was that pain. And now she's there early in the morning. The scripture says, while it's still dark. You know that moment in which the the nighttime is there and the sun just begins to kiss the darkness. She's there. She can't stay away from Jesus. She loves him even though she knows that she can't enter the tomb. The stone is too big for her to roll away. She just wants to be near him. She comes heartbroken, her faith in tatters, weeping for the one she loves so dearly. We know how she feels if we've ever lost someone dear to us. We can feel her heartbreak. We can taste her tears. And we know that feeling of longing and loss. And it can be overwhelming at times. But Jesus shows up. Now at the tomb, he's, he's going to change her life once again. The light of Christ was going to break the darkness once and for all for Mary of Magdala. At the mention of her name, her eyes are opened. Her memory restored to the life that she had been given in Jesus Christ. She remembered all the promises. 
She remembered all the things he'd taught. She called him teacher. I wish I could hear how he'd said her name. Wouldn't you want to hear how the one who loves you, created you, forgiven you, gives you hope and grace, says your name? When he says Mary, the lights go on for her. No longer is there darkness. No one speaks her name like Jesus Christ. And no one her name like Jesus Christ. He knows every one of us. He knows you. You're his. The good shepherd knows his sheep by name. Mary is not a number and we are not a number. We're his children. And suddenly, in that acknowledgement and that promise, we can step out in new courage. We are transformed just like Mary. Easter celebrates this gift of life, now life, now and life eternal. The empty tomb was no joke. It was this gift of life. Adam Hamilton, a pastor, author, and friend of mine, says this, I think that means that if we know that Christ is the I am, if we accept him as our king, if we recognize the significance of his death, and if we trust in his resurrection, we see and experience God's intention for human life now. This word from God, this message embodied in Jesus' life, teachings, death and resurrection, once accepted, changes everything. It's life-giving. You see, according to Jesus, eternal life begins at the moment we claim him as Lord and Savior. We do not have to wait. We can claim it right now. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. He says, because I live, you will live also. That means there's no end. That we have a new beginning. The next chapter, the journey continues. Yet, Easter is important not only because of what it says about life beyond the grave. It's because what it says about life this side of the grave. Right, church? How many of us have ever experienced resurrection here in our lives now? The resurrection of dreams, the resurrection of hope, the resurrection of a new beginning. We can claim that in Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, not because he's my ticket to heaven, but because I believe in the way and the truth and the life that he offers to me, that he is the true vine, that I can be connected once again, that if I feel that disconnection from the community or life, that he offers that to me, that when I hunger for thirst and righteousness, he says, I am the bread of life. I'm the one who will bring to you life, life in all of its fullness. That when you're in the dark and you can't see which step to take next, that he's the one who brings life, light, hope. 
that he is the good shepherd, that he opens that door to the journey for us, and that he knows us by name, and that he guides and directs us just as a loving good shepherd would for all of his sheep. The empty tomb gives us new light in the life that we're living here and now. There is hope even in the most difficult of circumstances. Even at the very end of my rope, there's a knot I can hang on to and his name is Jesus Christ. I live with the assurance that Christ has defeated death. My life is forevermore and the gospel promises are true. Amen, church? gospel promises are true I can live victoriously and courageously now and forevermore I don't have to fear I don't have to worry because I can be all that Christ has intended me to be because he said I am I am the resurrection and the life because the tomb is empty I need not worry about fear or failure. I don't need to worry about my job or what the stock market is going to do tomorrow. I don't need to be anxious about my health or my family or my future because Jesus is enough. Jesus offers us life, life in all of its fullness. All we have to do is claim it. It's a gift offered to us. This morning we, we had a baptism here at the 8 o'clock service, bright and early. Maybe you guys were trying to get ready to come, come to church. My daughter said that she needed to set the alarm for 3 a.m. to get here by 11. <laughs> but we had a baptism here this morning. And in the liturgy it says that this is God's gift offered to us without price. There's nothing we have to do to work for it or earn it, pay for it. Christ offers us up this gift, and we can't help but live in the wow, as Marvin said. That's the hope. That's the grace. That's the life Christ is offering you and me. Because like Mary Magdalene, at the mention of our name, our mornings turned into dancing. Our sorrow is turned into joy. Because Christ has offered us life. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, you can do it right now and life begins. Are you ready to live at church? Are you ready to live the life that Christ has intended for you? All you have to do is claim him. So church, Christ is risen. He is risen Christ is risen. He is risen Are you ready to live in the wow? Christ is risen. He is risen Hallelujah.